This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. We don't want any more bears! We don't want any more bears! Sir, there's an unruly mob to see it. Does it have an appointment? Uh, yes it does. I phoned ahead. I just can't stomach my kid coming from a Bears fan, that's all. There's nothing wrong with being a Bears fan, that's all I'm going to say. Welcome in to the 46 podcast where we talk all things Chicago Bears, even when they once again break our hearts. My name is Brendan Chagru, and I'm really excited to be joined with Jeremy Layton because I feel like it's been like two months since we got to actually talk about football and everything. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm uh, actually in Chicago or the suburbs of Chicago right now temporarily. Came back for a couple weeks to spend some time with my parents uh, for the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm driving back. I think this weekend probably saturday but yeah enjoying eating some luminati's deep dish pizza uh went to sarkis cafe if anyone in the north shore is aware of that place it's great um yeah it's pretty good other so, than the fact that the football team every force stinks yeah real quick so you don't think deep dish is overrated like that no i love deep sad dish. yeah like that lone sad packer fan was holding up a damn sign <laughs> in the stadium i was like get Get the hell away yeah, from fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> this is really good, though, because you being in Chicago during this just awful period of the Bears where they just get blown out by the Packers 41 to 25, you get to experience what everybody is experiencing locally with the crazy radio calls, the angry tweets, everything like that. You are right in the center of it, and that's so exciting. It really is just the dream come true, you know, like <laughs> – what can be better? All right. So we're not, look, full disclosure, we're recording this on Monday evening. We wanted to first just take a step back from the game because there really wasn't much to say about the game last night. And we're not going to spend too much time going through the X's and O's because one, it was over by halftime. I don't know how much you all pay atten- paid attention to it, Jeremy. I don't know if you even watched the second half. If you, did I watched it. most of it, unfortunately. I don't know what I was doing to myself, but I ended up like going to sleep near the end of the fourth quarter but yeah i yeah. watched some of the garbage time showcase for mr bisky oh yeah and uh you know giving the truthers more ammo that he can actually be a good quarterback but we'll get to that in a second so yeah we'll we'll only talk a little bit about the game because there's just not much to talk about but um i have not seen a performance by this bears defense in quite a long time you knew it was going to be bad without akeem hicks You know Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense knows how to attack this Bears defense, but just to have those long sustained drives, the time of possession, just, you know, even the, the fourth down conversions, I think they had two or three of those just disrespecting this team. I wasn't ready for that. I don't know about you. It wasn't like they quit either. It was from the first snap of the game. They were just overmatched and I think a lot of it has to do with Akeem Hicks not being there. I think a lot of it has to do with just Chuck Pagano didn't know what he was doing. And Matt LaFleur was just scheming guys open left and right. There was no energy. There was just, it was, they looked flat from the second the game started. And I was, I was stunned. I like, I kind of thought, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. I kind of thought the offense moved the ball pretty well for good chunks of the game. And it was, 
it was like a game that they if they had a solid defensive performance if they if they gave any effort at all it would have been closer and they it was a game like take out a couple of Trubisky's turnovers and the total lackluster effort from the defense and they could have won this game and instead there was they didn't stop anybody the first three drives were all touchdowns there were long just like death by a thousand cuts drives there were Devontae Adams was running past Danny Trevathan in every play it was it was it was unfathomable and I kind of thought that like the worst case scenario for this team was that the offense just doesn't score and the defense is at least like like I didn't I didn't think this defense was capable what I'm trying to say is I don't think this defense was capable of this bad of a performance because this was bad this was just terrible and I don't know like I just I don't really know how to explain it other than they just weren't that they didn't show up in any other game this season that Bears offensive performance would have been way more than enough way more than enough to win because you saw what the defense was able to do against Minnesota against Tennessee hell even New Orleans a few weeks ago but yeah from the get-go the Bears were put behind the eight ball and it wasn't like just one of those quick scores that we've seen before. This was one of those long sustained, like we said, just huge gashing runs up the middle using Devonte Adams on buster screen time and time again, where we saw that matchup last year and it was awful. And once again, of course, they're going to go back and do that. Putting Danny Trevathan on an Island and just having receivers run right past him. We've been saying that he's been having good games as of late, but it just reverted back to old, bad Danny Trevathan once again. Those two actually were the the team leaders in tackles. I mean, not surprisingly, because they were picked on. They were getting, yeah, they were getting targeted. <laughs> but no, it, it, I, I completely agree with you. This This wasn't supposed to happen to this defense. This is a proud defense with tons and tons of playmakers on it. Even without Akeem Hicks, you have Khalil Mack. You have what is supposed to be Robert Quinn. I don't know who he is, but he's got Robert's, Robert Quinn's name and number. You have Roquan Smith, who's been in the Pro Bowl conversation all year. Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson. Then the list goes on, and these guys just look like a bunch of bums going up against a team that was far superior to them, and it really didn't leave the offense much of a choice. I will agree with you. The offense did move the ball better especially that first drive that was that 57 yard David Montgomery run was a huge breath of fresh air, but they really didn't, they really didn't have anywhere to go after that because yeah, they scored touchdowns, three straight drives. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, it was like, they were missing tackles. They were just like, they weren't like, it was just everything you could possibly ask for, for a bad defense. And you just, again, I just didn't think this was good. I don't think the Bears were going to give up 40 points to anybody. And the game was over by halftime. On the offense, yeah, like, they were moving the ball. And I do think, like, this is the this is the nice thing I will say about Mitch Trubisky. I do think this offense does function better with him. But he still makes the huge mistake. And he had two interceptions, a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. And they're just drive killers. And this is the thing that, like, everybody was assuming that this offense was going to look better with Mitch Trubisky. He was going to save the offense and yeah, it did look a little bit better, but he's not going to all of a sudden become a different guy. He's the guy who will just throw the YOLO ball down the field into triple coverage for no apparent reason, just because it's his first read and he just doesn't think to do anything else. And that happened. And it's just a drive killer and it's a momentum killer. Like that interception in the end zone, that was, they were up, they were down like what, like 13 to three. They were moving the ball pretty well. They, the first drive, there were two drops, Cole Komet and Allen Robinson, yep. which by the way, can we, 
cancel the idea that Allen Robinson has had a drop this season. It's like PFF tweeted. I hate that so much, man. What do you define a drop? That was a ball was ripped out of his hands. It was in his hands. Then it wasn't. That was a drop. That was a drop pass. And so was Cole Komet's. So, all right, they moved, they stormed down the field. David Montgomery runs 57 yards. Best run of the year. They could have scored. All right. You settle for a field goal. Fine. Like whatever. Then the, the Packers score again. All right, you're moving the ball, whatever. Like, it's looking like this could be somewhat of like a decent back and forth offensive game. And then Mitch Trubisky takes a shot down the field that had no chance from the beginning. It was double coverage all the way. It's a turnover. And then all the momentum is gone. And then that's the, that's basically the game right there. And then the Packers march down the field and score again. So I just, I don't like, I don't, I don't even know what you can say about this like I don't know if there's anything positive you can take from this game and this is obviously we're gonna have to have the conversation of what's going what's gonna happen going forward because the playoffs they're gone they're not gonna happen sorry mm-hmm. like it's not it's it's over probably gonna be major changes in the offseason this like losing to the Packers is one thing getting blown out on national tv where nothing looks good where nothing's working the coaching is terrible where the effort is terrible. That's an entirely different thing. And it's just, this might've been the worst loss than Matt Nagy era. I don't really think it's honestly close. Might've don't no, no, don't leave any doubt. That is, this is the worst worst. loss. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) And you have 97 year old Virginia McCaskey fly your ass up to green Bay sitting in the suite. You're look, I get, I mean, Virginia's a, you know, she's a beast. Okay. For a 97 year old woman, she's everywhere. She wants to be a part of this team. She is there during a pandemic watching this team put up that effort off of a bye week when you have already lost four straight. You know you need to get your shit together. And you come out with that effort. We saw this with Mark Trestman in 2014. I never thought we'd see it again, but here we are just six years later. Going back to what you said about the offense, real quickly, I'll give you my good. One was obviously David Montgomery. Yeah. That those, not only the runs, but like he, I love getting him involved in the passing game. He is so much more elusive than people give him credit for because he's usually swallowed up behind the line when he's got no chance. When he's involved in the passing game, he can make guys miss. And he's usually picking up like 10, 11 yard gains on those uh, quick little dump offs. Yeah. But you can get him into space too. And it's just, that's another thing about this coaching staff. Why don't they ever try to do that? Like they try to, they only try to do that when Mitch Trubisky is under center in very like, in, they did that in the giants game and it mm-hmm. worked. They did it yesterday and it kind of worked, but like, why didn't they try to do that when Montgomery Foles was under center? I don't know. I, I have no Quick idea. Sidebar. <laughs> no, it's true though. Man. And Montgomery only missed one game. I mean, where the hell was he for the rest of them? And then two, I did think the line looked relatively better that whole switch thing. I mean, when I saw that, how many switches they were making, it really gave me hives. I was very nervous about what a Fetty was going to do on the right tackle position position. And it wasn't a great game, but it was much better than what we saw. Now going back to Mitchell Trubisky on that interception that you talked about in the end zone, did you notice how good the pocket was, how clean, how like he was not under pressure. I had a buddy who was telling me I was watching with, He's like, that's a horrible play call. Why would you do that? Why would you just like run? I was like, well, the play action worked because he had all the time in the world. He just made a stupid decision. When I heard that Mitchell Trubisky was coming back in, the one thing I expected and really like my, the bar was so low for him. I was like, okay, he's probably not going to win us the game, but play mistake-free football you know that your job is on the line. You know, you're auditioning for another job. You know that you really can't take too many chances. And he turns the ball over three times. He's taken those shots that there's nothing there. 
it's like the one thing he learned from Nick Foles while sitting on the bench was, hey, I can take more deep shots. Why don't I do that? It's because you're not good good at at that. (laughs) (laughs) You're not good at them. Yeah. Like I saw some people blame the play call there too. That's just not how football works. Like you call a play and like not every play is going to work. Like, yeah, you call up a shot and sometimes it's not there. Take the check down, throw it away, do something. Don't just because the play is your first read is to go deep. Don't necessarily just do it without like giving some thought to it. It seems like Mr. Trubisky is like, oh, I got to go this guy. All right, I'm going to go. And just doesn't even care. And like, I don't know. Like, the safety might have fooled him and come into coverage and like that's just on him like that's that's not you can't like you can't say it. i saw some some guy was trying to argue with me that like uh, it was like a good play by the safety but no that play never had a chance that was a throw that never should have been thrown yeah exactly and do you look we we're both we both feel the same about this we both know that trubisky in this offense is slightly better than nick Foles. He is absolutely not the answer long-term. And I just need any truthers listening to this, any Trubisky truthers out there who still grasp onto that feeling that Mitchell Trubisky can be a very successful NFL quarterback for the Chicago bears. Get that out of your goddamn head. It's not going to happen. Stop. Like, are you delusional? Are you just, why are you supporting this guy? so much day in and day out he's a very nice guy i love yeah. his attitude he just can't play quarterback i have a question for you like if the lot if the line blocked as well as it did last night which it did for a good chunk of the game do we even think trubisky is that much better of an option than nick Foles? because i was my argument was that with the line was so bad and it was just not giving him any time nick Foles was a terrible option because he's a statue but it looked like they were giving some clean pockets I thought maybe, I don't know, maybe Nick Foles could have made some of those throws. I don't know. I don't want to like get too much into this. It's like a stupid conversation. I tweeted this. It's a stupid conversation to have because neither of them are good. Neither of them are the future of the Bears. It's like, it's just a stupid argument. And whoever starts for this team going down the stretch is probably going to lose the games. That's probably a good thing for them right now. But I don't know. It's, it's just like, I'm sick. I'm done with the Nick. The Mitch Trubisky is the savior of the offense. I'm done with the Mitch Trubisky versus Nick Foles argument. I'm done with all of it. No, I'm, I'm with you. And to answer your question, it wouldn't have mattered because the defense was that so trash anyway. There's no way they were putting up more than 25 points. And yeah, maybe maybe Nick Foles throws one interception instead of two and he doesn't lose a fumble. doesn't mean they're scoring points. We, we saw yeah. the offense underneath him or with him at the helm. It doesn't matter. Let's just move forward and see. I don't know. Can we just like skip the the – last five games of the season and just get into the off season where changes are probably going to be made. I want them to lose the next five games. I want them to go five and 11 and have like the seventh overall pick and then trade up and get Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or something. And like, there's no point in winning these games. It's other than pride. And it's not like it's going to save anyone's jobs. Like, I don't think Nagy's going to be here next year. I don't think he should be. I definitely don't think Ryan Pace is going to be here next year unless the McCaskies and Ted Phillips decide they love him, which there is some talk outside of the organization that that is the case, which would be horrible because he is not a good GM. Um, it's going to be a fresh start. They're going to have to get a, like probably get rid of a lot of players. And there's no point in playing out the string here and winning some games down the stretch to screw up the draft position because they're not, they're not going to make the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. And I, it's like, I I never, I sometimes think like tanking is like kind of a bad idea, but in this situation, I just kind of don't see any value in 
stringing together some wins at the end of the season are going to make these guys feel a little better about themselves. Yeah, it's it's a really conflicting thing for me because I never like, mainly in football, I never like to tank. I'm, I've told you this. I, we only get 16 football games. I want to see competitive games. I want to feel good about my team. I hate just having a few games left and being like, I don't care, like lose out. That's, <laughs> yeah. look, I'm going to get like really deep and morbid. Who knows how, like, again, only 16 football games a year. I don't want to live life just trying to like, let's get to the next season because things might be better. Like I want to enjoy everything that's happening, but that's the sad case with this team is I can't, you know, nothing. What's, what's the, nothing's enjoyable about this. No, it's not. (laughs) At least we don't have to watch anymore on primetime. That's one positive that came out of this night. It's the last primetime game they have. Yeah. I'm sure um, America is sick of feeling sorry for bears fans after watching our, you know, piss poor product night in and night out. But no, I, they very well may lose out now because that Detroit Lions, that was a gimme win with Matt Patricia. <laughs> I fully expect Daryl Bevel to have that team ready because there is nothing like a team that loses a head coach that they're desperate and they need yep. to win because their futures are, are so uncertain. So they're probably going to come out looking like a completely different team next week. Yeah, they're going to be reinvigorated, too, because they did not like Matt Patricia. Every report no. in Detroit was that they were super, like, in 2018, there was, like, a feeling of relief when the season was over because they didn't have to deal with this guy anymore. Now he's gone. They're going to be down. They're going to be excited to play football again. They're going to win. It's, like, I'm, I'm willing to bet. I'm probably going to put money on Detroit. I know they're underdogs, but. Oh, I'm easily putting money on Detroit. Yeah. I think they were a three-and-a-half-point underdog. That's, yeah. that's easy money win. right there. They're going to win. <laughs> Do you, I mean, but really, like, now with the Jacksonville Jaguars, they looked – decent i'll say decent against the browns i mean i think that's the one game the bears are going to win i think the bears will beat jacksonville i think they'll lose to deshaun watson and the texans who he is playing on another level right now the bears can't like mr bissy is not gonna be able to keep up with him they don't have will fuller though yeah oh it's true well i still don't think i don't think it matters <laughs> brandon cooks i don't know yeah but yeah they, they still have one more against the vikings they're they've really turned it around of course you have the packers i mean yeah, you might be looking at one win there. You're right. Yeah. And I think it's a good result for this team. Really do. Yeah. I, I, like, what, what is five crappy games playing out the string for a coaching staff and players that probably aren't going to be around for much longer uh, compared to being able to get a quarterback that's actually worth something and might be the future of this team? I don't know. Like, if they can get Zach Wilson, I've only seen a couple of Zach Wilson games. I Like, I, I've kind of been following the Twitter hype train and I tuned in for a couple of his recent games. He looks amazing. I'm down for him. Justin Fields, obviously. I I think Jacksonville is probably going to get Justin Fields. I think he's probably, no matter how, even if they don't win another game, I don't think he's really in the conversation. Um, Trey Lance, I don't love the idea of him. I don't love the idea of Mac Jones either. I kind of feel like it's one of those top three guys for me or bust. So I kind of feel like, I don't know. Zach, I, I kind of feel like they need to win. They need to lose some games and get Zach Wilson. That's like the best case scenario. <laughs> I need to see more of Trey Lance. I think it was it was so disappointing that this is the year that he only had one game to play because really coming in, into the year, nobody knew who Zach Wilson was. And I mean, it was really just a two quarterback race with Trey with Trey Lance, kind of like you know a distant third. Now you yeah. have Mac Jones. Kyle Trask is getting some love. I don't know how much I love that idea though. Yeah, those guys, like, I kind of feel like Mac Jones and Kyle Trask are similar in that they're, like, accurate and 
they're 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 like they're gonna be really good college quarterbacks but they don't really have the athleticism or arm strength or like the explosiveness that you kind of want um and i don't know like mac jones is i i've watched a couple of alabama's games this year i haven't watched a ton of college football um Mm. i've been impressed with him but there's just so much talent around him that i struggle to like determine whether or not it's him or just the receivers that are just getting open on every play. So I get nervous about that a little bit, even though Joe Burrow obviously comes in and plays really well when he kind of had a similar situation to LSU, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of of the, of the mindset that if they can't get one of those top three guys, then they take a tackle or a wide receiver or like the best offensive player they can get maybe try to take a project quarterback in the second or third round, or maybe try to like trade for one of the Sam Darnold's of the world's or Sam Darnold's of the world. Um, or I don't know. I'm sure there'll be quarterbacks available in the off season. I, this is, it's going to be a little bit longer of a rebuild. I think than some people would like to admit, I don't think they're going to be competitive in 2021 necessarily. Cause I think they're gonna have to shed some salary. I think they're gonna have to get rid of a lot of players. And I don't think Al Robinson's coming back. I uh, will probably talk about that, but um I don't know. I, I, I think th- there's a lot of decisions that need to be made this year. First one is probably going to be the GM or the coach. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's start there. Um, I, I guess we both, okay. So I think we both know, or we both believe that Matt Nagy at this point is likely gone, right? Yeah. I, I would be willing to bet at this point that he is not going to return. Okay. Before we get into a coach, what about Ryan Pace? I like percentage. Just, I think, Hmm. It's an interesting, what, what makes me concerned. Cause I think Ryan Pace needs to go more than Matt Nagy. I think he has just, he's not, he's built a bad team and he's had multiple chances to fix the quarterback position. He's failed, but I guess I am concerned that I keep hearing all this stuff about the McCaskey's really liking him. I'd say 75, 25, that he's going to be gone. But okay. if you fire, if you fire one, you're going to fire the other. Right. I don't think, I don't think that's like, I think you got to do that. I don't know if the Bears, like the Bears have not done that in the past and it hasn't worked out. Cause then like, what, I think like, right. wasn't like Tressman fired and then they kept Emery around for a year and they fired him the year later. No, that was the, uh, the Lovey Smith and Jerry issue. Angelo. Yeah. So they, they fired Jerry Angelo and right. the one caveat to Phil Emery was you had to keep Lovey Smith for one year. He did. And then he canned him after the 10 and six season. Yeah. And yeah, that's when Phil Emery tried to uh, be smarter than everyone. So no, they cannot, fire Ryan Pace and keep Matt Nagy, which is why I definitely agree. If you, if I had to choose one of them, I would absolutely pick Matt Nagy. I think he still has some upside to him. It's getting, you know, smaller and smaller as the weeks go on. But I I fully agree that Ryan Pace has done enough to show me that he is absolutely not the guy he's, he screwed up time in and time out with this offense. Yes. He's built a good defense, but that can only get you so far in 2020 but I'm, I'm hearing the same stuff. I've heard that he's endeared himself to the family. He's very tight with the McCaskies. Maybe, maybe they're tantalized by the quaffed hair. I don't know, but it's very, it is very concerning because the other thing that I was thinking of was because of the pandemic, because of the lost revenue, do they really want to fire two guys who still have two years left on their deals after giving them extension? Well, at least Ryan Pace an extension a few years ago. Well, doesn't Ryan Pace only have one year left on his deal? And then Nagy is two? No, they're tied at the hit. I think they're they're tied together. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, well, so I was actually listening to, I think I might have listened to Hogan Johns, and they were talking about kind of similar situation. Uh, it 
kind of feels like there's already been three head coaches fired at this point. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really happen. Usually there's like one or two mid season. It seems like people aren't really giving the pandemic benefit of the doubt. And maybe that's just kind of a certain team specific scenarios, but it, it doesn't really feel to me like the, like people are really concerned about cost cutting at this point, because yeah, like, the Jaguars just fired Dave Caldwell too. Like this yeah. is all this stuff's happened in mid season. There's going to be some turnover. So I don't know. I, I kind of feel like if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. I don't think really the pandemic is going to have to like much to do with it. In my opinion. I'm wondering, and I think it would have happened by now, which is another reason why I was hoping to record this later because we might've been able to talk about some news, but I'm kind of surprised that Ryan Pace hasn't himself come down and, fired Nagy midseason almost to try and save his skin a little bit to see if maybe an interim coach like Chuck Pagano could do any better with the final remaining games. I know it's tough though, because you're technically still in a playoff race and the, that's just not the way the McCaskies operate. They don't fire coaches midseason. It usually happens after. So, but like you said, it's a pandemic, things are changing, things are different. So why not do something different? Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like they're not going to fire anyone midseason. I would be shocked if that were to happen. Um, just I, I, when was the last time this happened with this team? I don't really remember that happening ever. Like I don't think they've really done it. Changes. Yeah. Not a long time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's not like I, the thing about Nagy is I still believe he could be a good coach if he has the right pieces around him. I if he had a quarterback, if he had an offensive line that could block, like it, it makes me nervous because I think there is a very good coach within him and he, he kind of showed that his first year even though you can argue how much he had to do with it and rather maybe it was the defense and Vic Fangio but I I get nervous turning over coaches quickly just because there aren't a ton of good coaches out there and it's like it's sometimes hard like you see the Browns to hire a new coach every year and like a lot, you don't want to be one of those franchises that just keeps going through coaches. Like Nagy got three years, that's the same amount of time that John Fox got, then Mark Tresman got two. So I don't know, but it's again, if you fire one, you have to fire the other. And you have, I, I think this team just needs large scale changes. And Nagy has not done a good job this year. So I, it's, yeah, it's tough. I, 100% absolutely agree with that statement because I was listening to, I think it was Lawrence Holmes talking with Jason Leisure maybe last week. And they said the same thing. Like, look, Matt Nagy has a ton of good qualities. He is going to be a good head coach, but it's probably not going to be here because he probably needs to go back a step, learn, develop more because he really, he's only been in the NFL for a few years now. Yeah. He's a young guy. Yeah. And this reminds me of somebody who I was actually talking with um, Scott Coral of Midway Minute. I was doing a hit with him for the post game. And he brought up a name that at first I scoffed at, but now I'm kind of thinking could be a really good option. And it's probably what Matt Nagy is going to end up being. And that's Josh McDaniels. Now, yeah, see that (laughs) you just gave me that look like, here's the thing though. McDaniels kind of Matt Nagy is following the McDaniels route right now. A very good offensive assistant, got a head coaching job, very young, maybe a little too much for him at the time needs to go back, maybe do something with uh, offensive coordinator again. I mean, Josh McDaniels, it's been 10 years since he led the Denver Broncos. Yeah. He's done since then he's won what three super bowls, two, three, something like that. Yeah. Three, three, three super bowls. 
And now he has taken Cam Newton, a shell of Cam Newton, and nothing with an offense after tailoring an offense to Tom Brady. And he's turned it into something that can work at times. Yeah, and he's I mean, a great offensive coordinator. He is. No one's denying that. He is. So maybe it's time he gets another shot. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I get a little nervous because he like agreed to be the Colts head coach and then backed out and kind of left them high and dry. Then they end up with Frank Reich, who's probably maybe even better than McDaniel. So like you can't really like fault them too much for that. I that's an interesting comparison, and I'm gonna think about that a lot going forward now because I'm my thing about Matt Nagy is I feel like what he does well is the head coach stuff and not the offensive coordinator stuff. And it kind of feels like Josh, like Matt Nagy only called plays for like four games, with the chiefs. I, th- I think he's like a good motivator and a good leader. And that's kind of Josh McDaniels is the guy who always had the innovative offense, had the good ideas. Um, I want, I, I kind of, I don't know if I want like the offensive, like guru that like Matt Nagy was supposed to be. Cause I would actually really like Joe Brady. He's a guy who seems like he has really good ideas and he's been successful everywhere he's been. Like first he was with the saints. Then he was with LSU and they were an outstanding offense. Now he's getting a lot out of Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. And there's not a lot of pieces there, but I don't know. We don't, that's another guy. We don't really know how well, how good of a head coach he could be like, cause mm-hmm. he's only been an offensive coordinator in the NFL for one season and then in college for one season. And like, I don't know. I, I, th- I'm not really sure what I want from the next head coach for the bears. I don't know if I want one of those guys. I, one thing people keep talking about Eric B First of all, I don't think he's going to want to come to the bears. He's the most coveted option this year. He's going to have better. Like the Texans are going to be a better option. The jets That's, are probably going to be a better option. Trevor yeah. Lawrence is going to be there. Um, second of all, like, do we want another Matt Nagy or Andy Reid guy? Like we, like we got one. It didn't really work out. Doug Peterson's flopping in, in, in uh, Philadelphia after a few strong years. Like they're dealing with a lot of the same things that, uh, that the bears are dealing with right now. They're probably even, even in the worst spot. So I don't know. What do you, what do you want for the, like, what do you want? What's your ideal next head coach for the bears? I'm not really sure. I'm in the same boat. Sadly, I'm not really sure at first I have been wanting that offensive coordinator, that offensive guru type, somebody who knows offense because that's how the league is going. And I'm sick and tired of seeing this team just put out like below average offenses and relying on great defenses. But I like the name Joe Brady. I'm not really sold on Josh McDaniels. Like you said, I'm not sure how much of a good head coach he is versus just actually like a genius offensive coordinator type. A name that's been popping up, if you want to go on the other side, is Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator for the Rams, who used to be in Chicago just a few years ago. He's been really doing really well over the last few years, and he might be somebody that would uh, be a good fit. I know it's not the most popular choice to hire defensive coordinators or defensive style people like that, but... I mean, we had a lot of success with Lovey Smith when we did it, um, you know, like 20 years ago, basically. And then how about a name that's been floated for years, but never gets the recognition. What about Dave Tope? Yeah, that's something that like, see, Joe Judge is a special teams coordinator. And like, Dave Tope is a special teams guy for a pretty long time. John Harbaugh too. Yeah, like it's sometimes the best coaches. I don't, I don't want to say Joe Judge is a great coach yet, but he looks like he's a pretty solid like leader. 
sometimes the best coaches aren't those like offensive whiz guys. And sometimes coordinators just are best as coordinators. You saw it with Vic Fangio, who, by the way, if he gets fired, I would love for him to come Oh my back. God, please. Now, like <laughs> at a certain extent, to a certain extent, like that's the number one hire I want them to make. I don't really, if they can do that, it doesn't matter a ton. Well, it definitely still matters, but it would, it matter a little bit less who they hire as, as the offensive core or as the coach. And if they were to be able to do that, a guy who is knows defense and is a guy that, can shore up that side of the ball, I would feel more comfortable with getting a guy like Joe Brady or Josh McDaniels or Brian Dayball is another name that I kind of like uh, Buffalo bills. Um, but I don't know. I, like, I just want a good head coach. I just want to, I want to like a lovey Smith type sometimes. Like I, <laughs> I want a guy who is just going to get guys where they need to be, who people are going to play hard for, get some coordinators who know what they're doing. I don't know. And that's a that's what I thought we had with Matt Nagy. Me Just too. The leadership. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the, that's that's why I'm a little bit. It's like, so tough because I think he has those qualities, and I think he could be that guy if he doesn't have to try so hard on the offense. But like, who are they gonna who are they gonna bring in as an offensive coordinator to let him do more of that? I don't think he, Matt Nagy wants to do more of that. Just like kind of the behind the scenes, like CEO of a team type stuff, like. I don't know. No, you, I mean, you heard when he gave up play calling duties, you heard how hurt he was. That's something he has taken so much pride in. And quite honestly, that's what he was brought here to do. Right. And so the fact that he, whether he was forced or not, the fact that he gave that up was a huge admission of failure. And you clearly Ryan Pace failed because the guy you brought in to be an offensive coordinator to instill an offense that could be a top 10 unit has clearly not happened and the play calling has just been abysmal it's funny you can't even tell anymore like i I saw that's that's what i'm worried about is like is the play calling that bad or is the personnel just that i mean play calling has not been good and i've not i'm not defending matt Nagy for the job he's done this year they were like especially before he gave up play calling duties there were so many moments where guys just weren't lined up they weren't getting to the line of scrimmage on time like they were calling timeouts for random reasons personnel groupings and certain situational moments have just been bad so that's on the play caller that's on the head coach so i'm not going to defend matt Nagy, but i don't know like at a certain to a certain extent i'm sure we have to have this conversation is like what's this personnel going to look like next year who who can they keep who can they afford to keep who are they going to have to let walk and who is going to be the guy that they're going to bring in to figure out the quarterback position and the offensive line and figure out how to way to navigate possibly a shrinking salary cap out of all the possible head coaching positions or jobs that are going to be available, I think the Bears are probably one of the worst now. Yeah. It's so sad. Right. I think the Lions might be up there because I think they might have to I think they might have to get rid of Matt Stafford, honestly. I think they might I think he to wants to leave. Rebuild. Yeah, I think he wants to leave too. And like that's that's a just bad organization. Like the Bears aren't a great organization, but they have like at least some ta- like they have talent, they have players and I mean, the Texans have Deshaun Watson. The Jets are going to have Trevor Lawrence. That's way – their Jets are going to be in one of the most, dev- like, desirable head coaching positions right yep. now. It's kind of crazy. Um, the Jaguars are probably going to have Justin Fields. That's not, like, not a super desirable spot either, I guess. Um, mm, I would disagree because – They have a lot of cap gonna space. Have, oh, they're going to have a ton of cap space, plus a new young quarterback. They already got rid of the GM. That culture down there, there's been talk that that's been rough with Caldwell and Marone. Yeah. So you have a chance to overhaul that as well. The top two, easily, and Jets are going to have a ton of cap space too. So it's easily the Jets and Jaguars, in my opinion. 
and yeah, like the Texans for sure. I mean, the Texans are just a little bit lower because they don't have any draft picks, even though they do have the quarterback, but regardless, I think, I think the Texans, I think, I think the Texans might be mine. If I were a head coach, I would love to go coach Deshaun Watson. And like, yeah, you have to deal with some fuckery in the uh, front office and just the organization. Like there's that whole Jack Easterby stuff where he's like, apparently like plotting a coup to take over the entire team. Um, but I don't know. Deshaun Watson's a special talent. That's going to be very appealing to any coach, especially an offensive minded one, which is why like, I don't know. I would, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Eric B goes there. Yeah, I wouldn't either, but Really, the point is, there are so many more openings and so many more opportunities that are way better than the Bears, who don't have a quarterback, don't have an offensive line, don't have a ton of cap space, and now have an aging defense they're going to have to dismantle to get under the cap next year and possibly find ways to use that money to improve the offense. Oh, and your Pro Bowl wide receiver is unhappy and is probably going to leave. He's gone. I think they got to tag and trade him. I think that's the only route out of here. Yeah. And Mike sucks. I think we can, so we, we've got a few weeks left, so I think we can spend those weeks like talking about as, as candidates start growing and, you know, things start developing with how we think um, the situation with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace is going to evolve. We can talk about potential candidates there, but my last question really is just about the effort and really about what we saw from the players playing for a head coach who likes to motivate and has supposedly not lost a locker room in Matt Nagy. We saw guys, I mean, we talked about at the beginning, not tackling the sideline was absolutely just lifeless. There was a report or somebody said they had a friend who was a, I think it was a sideline reporter or not a reporter, but uh, he works on the sidelines for the Packers. And they said like the defense was just absolutely disgusted with what Mitch was doing. Um, and then you have players like Anthony Miller, Tariq Cohen, Allen Robinson subtweeting and liking a bunch of tweets today. Is this team like actually imploded like the players themselves? It looks like it. I don't really, how does it get which like uh, until reports like happen of people screaming at each other in the locker room, I think the signs are very much pointed in that direction. And that's, I think that's the next step. Like, I don't, it's bad. Like, yeah, Anthony Miller tweeting shit's embarrassing. Like Allen Robinson was liking other fans being like, come to San Francisco, come to Green Bay. Um, I mean, disgusted by Mitch. Like it kind of felt like the defense lost respect for Mitch Trubisky based on what you, I mean, you said that and just kind of felt like Allen Robinson's agent has very much been on the Nick Foles train. Like it seems like people wanted Nick Foles to start and now they're going back to Mitch Trubisky and, that report of them being disgusted by it is not good. You never want defense being upset with the offense. And look, this was the first game Mitch Trubisky played. And this was the first game where the defense just not the first game that he played since the beginning of the season. This is the first game where the defense just looked like they would rather be literally anywhere else. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's, it's, it's crazy to me because you see that like hype up speech that he had yesterday and trying to fire up the guys. And I think it was Bilal Nichols. I think the, it became a meme where he's just looking at him like this motherfucker, like (laughs) he's not going to do anything for us. Granted, they didn't have any choice to play Mitch because Nick Foles was supposedly that much hurt, but I thought it was uh, very telling in Matt Nagy's press conference after he sort of danced around the question, whether he would go back to Foles. He basically said, well, I don't see why Bears. Mitch can't start <laughs> after. I'm like, well, what the what the hell, man? But I think that just kind of goes to the fact that it, 
nothing matters until you figure out the quarterback position. Like, and that's why that's what goes back to me just being like, lose every game. Like, who cares? What, what do we have left at this point in the season? They're not going anywhere. <laughs> they need a quarterback and they need a long-term answer at the quarterback position. That's not a guy who's a veteran journeyman who's 31 and they're trading a fourth round draft pick to lure him over. They need a long-term answer a guy who is upside, a guy who could be around for 10 years, a guy who just isn't going to, who's going to stabilize his organization. Yeah. Be nice to have one of those just, just once. Yeah. And we only have Jay Cutler to look back fondly on and that even that wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. I think we we're like kind of idolizing Jay Cutler in hindsight. Like there were definitely, I was talking about this with my dad, actually. There were like, we were talking about how there were so many moments where you like wanted to tear your hair out. Uh, Jay Cutler. So like maybe we're just not we just like there's been so much shit since him. Well, there has, and but the same thing happened with Trubisky. That's where the truthers came out and said, Oh, Mitch is gonna come back and save the season after watching the highlights from him and seeing Nick Foles do, you know, absolute shit. And sure enough, it was this it was it played out how many of us thought it would. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, well. Monday night football is going to start soon. You got any plays? Um, yeah, I took the uh, I took the Chris Carson over rush yards. It was pretty low. It was only at fifty one. Um, there's been a lot of. I kind of feel like there's a, the whole thing in Seattle has been like let Russ cook. But I've been reading and I've been hearing about in a couple podcasts that like they kind of want to dial it back a little bit and run the ball a little more. Now the defense is playing better, so I like the over Chris Carson rush yards. And I might. I was listening to a podcast with more props. I might give that one a little crack right is now. Is Chris Carson or, fully healthy? Yeah, well, he's back today. So for sure. okay. I've, I've heard that he's just going to play like you, a lot. It doesn't really happen anymore in the NFL that like guys come back and are not fully healthy. So I kind of feel like, like Austin Eckler was kind of the same situation. He had like over a hundred scrimmage yards. So that's true. I've got, I may jump on that too. I definitely, I took the over at uh 48 and a half. I feel like this even, even though the Eagles offense is bad and there's reports that Carson Wentz could be benched mid game, which I think would be absolutely hilarious. I still think there's going to be a way to put points up against the Seattle defense. And, you know, Seattle's offense is good enough. 48, 48 and then 48 and a half isn't too much. So I, I was think... leaning under, I was thinking about the under, I didn't, I didn't play it. So I'm not like, tell me that. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to, I like, I thought about it and I decided against it. The, my law, my logic was that like, if Jalen Hurts is coming in more, it's going to be more running plays, which is going to be more of a running clock. And the whole idea of like, maybe they want to let Russ cook a little bit less. That means more running plays. More right. Running right. Clock. Game goes so, faster. Yeah. Game goes faster, which is why I was leaning towards the under, but I decided not to play it based on exactly what you said, because the Seahawks defense has been really bad and who knows, maybe Carson Wentz will turn up on a prime, uh, prime time spot, which he has earlier in the year. So I don't know. I think my, my advice to myself has been, if I feel like the over is not going to hit, just don't even play the under because usually it's just bad things are going to happen. But <laughs> the other, the other prop that I took was a uh, Will Disley touchdown. I think it was like plus three twenty-five. I've been up. Uh, so like, I, I have like the sports books here in Illinois and I've just been like putting on like ridiculous $2 parlay. So like I, I had like a seven, um seven player touchdown parlay yesterday i don't think it hit <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think it did either because you'd be pretty happy about that i didn't even look at it i like i i thought about like it was i think one of them was jacoby myers but so no didn't score a touchdown because i started him in fantasy in desperation um 
but yeah, see, I do not have thousands of dollars in my account right now. So, Oh, you want to hear about fantasy real quick. Cause I know you're big on that with your, with your other podcast. Mm-hmm. I absolutely boat raced the one guy I was playing and it was over by it. Like it was more than over by, you know, two thirty central time. So Basically, as a kind of fuck you to him, and also just because I really wasn't sure if the Steelers Ravens game is going to get postponed, I benched Chase Claypool for Kendall Hinton. <laughs> Actually, one of my friends played him in my league just because he thought he was going to do well and he got negative points. Yeah, he got negative <laughs> points for me too. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Okay, so I, this is my touchdown parlay three of six hit. So that's not bad. Keenan Allen hit, Wayne Gallman hit, Calvin Ridley hit. And then Hines, Naheem Hines did not, Jacoby Myers did not, Devontae Parker did not. But, you know. Oh, Devontae Parker, he had a good game too. So that yeah. one's a little surprising. Yeah, Jacoby Myers, he doesn't get looks in the end zone. I should, I should not have made that play. But I know. Like, I think know, there was one. No, I've all, it's also fun to do that too with um, – I there was one week I put a dollar on all the underdogs to like on the money line to win. I think it would have – netted me like sixty thousand dollars or something because <laughs> it was one of two dollars my thought though is if you're gonna put one dollar on it you might as well put two dollars yeah on double it, it, yeah. on it yeah <laughs> not even close to happening but i was like yeah, eh, just you know just for fun yeah but. it's it's like you know you enjoy those yeah a little bit anyway well All we'll right. be we'll be talking more about this in the next yeah. few weeks we'll we'll talk about the game a little bit but again it's all about big picture at this point because yeah. if for some reason the bears turn it around and I don't know, they cancel a few games in the NFL. They add another, they add another seed and the bears make it. We'll talk about that, but I don't want them to go to the playoffs. I don't want to watch them lose. And I want to get my hopes up and then watch them lose on a playoff Sunday. It sounds miserable. You know what's sad? I kind of do. I want to, I want to believe for that little, that brief, like two to three week period. I want to have my hopes up and then, yeah, they're going to go. They're going to come crashing down. I know they are, but I just want to feel good about my team again. (laughs) Just eh, 2022 bit. that's when we're gonna feel good about it. <laughs> all right make sure to follow us on social at brendan chagru yeah at brendan chagru i forgot to change my name a long time ago at jeremy layton with a zero podcast at 46 pod and check out his podcast deep sleepers podcast at sleepers brawl best of luck to you sir on your gambling endeavors yeah, you too. Thank you. Uh, I hope that if you take the, you'd already take the over. Or you I better. already took it. Yeah. Right. I believe in you. <laughs> we'll <A little> see. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, guys. Take it easy.